Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Peace Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This show has kind of evolved. I always said they're a family. It was like a reality TV show, and here we go. You mm-hmm. know, so I've got my faithful wife sidekick, little poncho here, who's um, always a blast. We, <laughs> we talk about a lot of things, um, but uh, we have a blast. And then our, our oldest, Justin, he's a, a former Army sniper for battle tours. He's like the mysterious cool one. And his wife, Candace, little alpha, just like you. Mm-hmm. you She's just like me. Yep. Three grandsons. We got Jesco and Jet and Jacob. Sounds like a Western general. Yep. yep. And uh, Luna, who's next in line, a beautiful daughter in Vermont, lives with her wife. Bree. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Then we got Cole, the next in line. He's our uh, comic and a musician and a stand up and an actor, but he's got this crazy digital marketing guru brain, jiu jitsu. So, I mean, you never know what he's going to do. He's kind of my co-host when you're not. And then our youngest, Lena, who's our hippie spirit. She's a soldier. She is a soldier. She's like a revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So proud of her. So between all of that, (laughs) you don't know what you're going to get. So, uh, but we have a blast and then talk about powerful, gripping things. Yeah, we do. We talk about things that really matter. And we talk about things that we hope are going to help others at some point in time in their life. And hopefully it's right now. There you go. Right? Help a lot so, of people. Help, help, a lot help of people. us blow this thing up. Subscribe, hit like, share, comment, send us ideas. There's probably no place we won't go. That's right. I mean, that's right. If there's something that you'd like for us to talk about, we've probably been through it. Yeah, yeah. So send us those comments. Let us know what you'd like to hear. We'll let you know whether we've been through it or not and how we made it out to the other side. That's right. And every yeah. now and then when she gets a little bit crazy, it's easy. All I've got to do is <laughs> do this right here and then I'll do the rest. All right. Peace out. Come join us. Kit Cummings, Power Peace Podcast. Glad you dropped by. It's, this is our family show. You remember Cole, sidekick, co-host. Today we've got another family member fired up. Been talking about doing this for a minute. And uh, this is our oldest son, Justin. And, uh, you know, we're just going to chat a little bit. I, I was thinking about, you know, how we wanted to open up. And I thought, well, first of all, say hey to everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Um, currently 41 years old. Our oldest. Incredible wife, Candace. Three little boys. Just had a new grandson. So we got Jesco, Jet, and Jacob. I didn't have a grandson. He had a grandson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how rooms get started. <laughs> So yeah, three grand boys, and one of them is a six weeks little Jacob, yeah, something six like weeks, that. Yeah. yeah, sounds like Legends yeah. of the Fall. Jesco, Jet, and Jacob, Gerald, yeah. Justin, yeah. and then there's Candace. All the, all the J's. <laughs> we got too deep after the second one, so. Yeah. You know what's weird is like, even in our family, it's JCC. And Candace is Candace Cole, so it's still like a JCC. Mm-hmm. He was very excited that you uh, the, named him Jacob Cole. And your Wait, first thought was... Yeah, uh, she was like, did you know that they named after you? Said, that's, that's not fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Now, Candace, uh, her maiden name is Cole, which yeah. is cool, Cole. All right, so, uh, yeah, since we're talking about her, let's, um, how did you and uh, Candace meet? You're going to dig Candace. I mean, we're going to have her on. She's a true. She's awesome. So we met. I was stationed in Fort Hood in Colleen, Texas. And um, we were going out to Austin. Austin's like 45 minutes south of, of there. And so met her. Like my, my buddy that I was living with, 
he was always like hooking up with like these random chicks, and he would just bring. Was he the dude that was modeled Fe yes. good, just Fifi. great wingman? Fifi, Felice. Yeah, his name is Fifi. Fernando, I'm gonna call him out. Fernando Feliciano. <laughs> you got to You got to be <laughs> that cool. Amazing. Right. Hey, to pull off Fifi, you got to yeah. be a badass. Fernando Feliciano, that's a good. Yeah. Thing. He was this suave intel kid that just like you know, just anyways. He, we all lived, it was like five of us that lived in this house, but we'd always go to Austin on the weekends. And so he met these two girls, Amber and Candace, and brought them to Texas, or brought them to Austin. And like, he, he would, like, he would like take these girls shopping and stuff, and it was just total waste of money, right? <laughs> Driving some kind of, all like, y'all had cool cars. Yeah, oh yeah, he had a Mercedes AMG with like Lamborghini <laughs> doors. AMG. You know, like, Dude, you're you're in the army. Like you're you're not making money to be supporting this Mercedes. Like, like I know how much you make because I make what yeah. you make. You know. I, meanwhile, I've got a Beamer also at yeah. the time. Yeah, y'all were living large. <laughs> Besides man. the point. Well, you're going overseas and and uh, all this tax free hazard, money, tax free yeah. hazard yeah. pay. Just yeah. like it just adds single. up. When you're living on like a little outpost, you don't have yeah. anything to and spend it on. Exactly. No bills. Right. Yeah. No bills. You're, I mean, yeah. you have a couple. Whatever you got, maybe a car or whatever. <laughs> If you were dumb enough, and then as soon like as you twenty two percent interest that all the new army guys, <laughs> yeah, and then you'd be planning, you know, either come home for leave or finish that deployment or whatever, and we stuff would start showing up at the house. Yeah. All this stuff that you were buying was like, you coming home? Yeah, I would get internet access and be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Spend all that Look at extra this guitar. Money. <laughs> Look at that piece of equipment. Okay, so here was here was cool for us. This is a great memory. So. Um, we take y'all to the beach. We all go to the beach, mm -hmm. and you're going to bring your new girlfriend. And you're like 26, and she's 19, something like that. Can that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was so funny because, I mean, she's 19, and she's filled with energy, and she's beautiful. And, uh, you know, you'd walk down the beach, and we would just kind of watch, and it was just like people doing things, and they'd go. And they would just walk. I mean, it was like that. I'm promise. I'm, am I exaggerating? No. No. She was that girl. No, no. And so we get to meet this little girl, and, and uh, she's awesome and everything. And then she breaks your heart. Yeah. Broke up with her while I was fair? in sniper school. So it was no, like, say that again. You were in sniper school. I was in sniper school. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I was in sniper school, uh, and then we had a long. So I was in sniper school May of 2008. So Memorial Day weekend was while I was there. So that's why I was at Fort Benning. Then we were going to Panama City. So it's only like a couple hours. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. short drive, much shorter than from up here, obviously. But Candace flew out to meet you guys. And then you guys all drove down to Florida. And then I met them there. On the way back, she broke up with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, right after. Yeah, right after the trip. Awkward. Right after the trip. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Right after the trip, she broke up with me. And so that it was that, the family, clearly. So oh, it must have been. It must have. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, my bad. I never really processed that. Yeah, it obviously worked out for the better because she yeah. was very young and still like. Very wild. Yeah. I mean, 19. I was deploying all of the time. Well, so. I think about what I was like at 19. George Absolute train wreck. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Insane. I, I think I came up on orders to Germany and asked her to come with me, and she was like, no. What? 
Like, but, and then I was like, well, we could get married and then you could come with me. She's like, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a maybe. That's I don't not, know. That's but, worse than no. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like it. Yeah. If somebody, yeah, if somebody comes along, yes, but I'll pencil you yeah. in. It, could but be, it, you know, it clearly worked out for the best because, you know. Okay, so. It was like a decade later yeah. or so or more. Was it 10 years? Let's see. I don't want to do the math here because I'll take up. The uh, let's say it's a decade. <laughs> but here's here's what is the coolest part of the story. So people will watch me struggle. Yeah, you know, you're 26, 27, about ready to get. You know, she's 19, not yeah. about ready. So that's 10 years go by. That. That's insane. About ready to get married at 26. Yeah, and you know, take that one back. That's crazy. I want a different grunt. generation. We yeah. gotta carry on the family. Hey everybody! Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we are so happy that you're here, and we have some big news. Do you know what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, because you throw me in there. I kind of have to play along. So January 11th, 2024, we are roasting this gentleman right here. The Roast of Kit Cummings. It's all for a great cause. We'll be fundraising. We're going to be having food, drinks, live music. So mark your calendars for January 11th, 2024 from 6 to 10. Come on out to the Brickyard in Marietta and join us for a fantastic fun evening of roasting this guy It'll right be here. Like, it's going to be embarrassing, but it's for a good cause. Raise money. Right. Make fun of me. Right. Good cause. Right. Nutty friends that are hilarious. Comedian. I mean, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. And well, we all have a ton of stories that we can tell on it. And we're going to raise a gazillion dollars. Gazillion dollars. Like, go ahead and get all your wealthy friends and tell them, come out for a great Bring their little checkbooks. That's Silent right. Silent auction. Silent auction. Some pretty cool stuff. Um, prizes that, and things like that will be done. But just come out, have a wonderful time with us, and help us to celebrate the Power of Peace Project's 14th birthday. Wing name, bro. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So anyway, all of a sudden, you know, you're, were you staying with us? Because I remember one time, I thought you come down, and, and your mom's like, what have you been doing? I'm talking to Candace, and we're like, yeah. Because, I mean, you went and got married, had a beautiful son, good little period of time, decided, to, you know, had to move on from that one. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, she actually reconnected with me on Facebook, I guess. You got another shot at the love of your life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Most and, people yeah. don't. And then we were friends, you know, on there, and just checking in. Yeah. With, it would be like a month or two would go by. I'm like, oh, hey, how you been? Mm -hmm. Cool. New job? Cool. Yeah. You know, all that. Life updates. Yeah, and then I was like, hey... You know, um, I've got some friends along the way. I could come and visit you, come see and, you while I see my friends along the way. And yeah. she was still living in Austin. Yeah, she was in Austin. So. Yeah, Austin, great town. So, so that's how it happened. Yeah. But one thing that I um, have always super admired is, um, you know, you had a little boy, our 12-year-old grandson, Jesco, and, um, and you, you raised that little boy. And there, because we watched it, and mm -hmm. um, man, I mean, as a single dad, and uh, that was uh, that always impressed me. I mean, you that boy was always with you, and you didn't even, you know, after you were single again, we we tried to get him to date, can't do it, got to take care of my boy, you yeah. know. So I mean, it was, you know, that that told me a lot about you. But so we met when you were 23, and uh, we'll get on into the the main thing in a second. But it was so cool because I'm dating your mom. And um, and I meet you. You're 23. You were still a Marine or a soldier? You're still a Marine. I, I, when, when we met, I think I was still in the Marines and like in the process of like about to go and 
switch over. There you go. So you're with us in between, and we're like, don't go back in, but you're just like... I was still in. There was was no break in service. (laughs) I actually signed out early for the Marines to check into Fort Benning. And then my pay got jacked up, because thanks, government. Because they they said, this guy can't be in two branches of the military. I guess not. We just won't pay him. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that works, until you get it figured out. So we had this cool little summer is what it feels like where I'm the new guy, I'm the boyfriend, and uh, you're, you know, 23 and already way into your career. I was still drinking, okay, and so we became drinking buddies, yeah. which is freaking great because it wasn't like, I've got a new son. It was like, no, i got a new friend. And uh, we would, every night, man, we would get wise. We'd, we'd drink wine yeah. and... You know, yeah, we polish off quite a few bottles, watch. that's for sure. <laughs> See, that's the thing about my thing, and y'all know I've talked about it, is like, you know, alcoholism is part of my thing. I quit drinking in 2005 at the end of that year. But I wasn't a train wreck, you know, wake up in handcuffs guy, and I wasn't tearing up the house. I was yeah. fun. I was yeah. like the party. But we'd watch Cosmos and get deep, you oh, know, yeah. with, with Morgan <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> no, it's not Morgan Freeman. Or, it's, uh, oh, Neil, uh, Neil deGrasse. Yeah. I never know which way to say his name. <laughs> so she's got this new boyfriend in the house. We're in love. And me and you would just be watching, and she'd go, uh, I'm going to bed. I'm like, all right. And then, <laughs> then you know, we just solve all the world's problems. Yeah. So that was fun, yeah. man. We got this really cool foundation, and it's always been there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's the cool foundation. So anyway, um, you kind of, maybe not always, but you knew pretty young that you wanted to be in the military. Is that? I, guess, I mean, mom says that. I think, I, I think the real story is, that one time when I was a kid, I wanted like a military haircut, and then I think that's you're like she, I'm a rock with this. Yeah, and, and then, then I guess she just there. yeah, she was just like that's what he wanted to be ever <laughs> since the womb, you know. Wow. And, and, and this is new information for me because I, 20 years I, later. I remember like my earliest what I wanted. I wanted to be a doctor. Like I wanted, because I remember saying I want a Ferrari yeah. and a Lamborghini. I wanted a Lamborghini Countach because that was the '80s, <laughs> right? Still was one of the sickest. Right. Yeah, for sure. I had the Trapper Keeper with the Countach on there. You know? So I wanted that one. And the, well, how do you get that in the '80s? You become a doctor. There you, you go. Make a lot of money, right? Okay, fair enough. So that's what I wanted to do originally, and then found out that I suck at school and barely graduated high school. And then I was like, hey, let's see what Maybe. the Marines have for me. So, and I didn't go to any other recruiting office. My buddy at the time, Philip, he was super gung-ho about the Marines. And I was like, dude, once a Marine, always a Marine, you know, all the phrases, right? And it was like, you're you're like, every Marine's a rifleman. Like, that's pretty fucking badass, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. You get to like do whatever you want and you're a rifle. That's awesome. Like, but the reality of it is you don't have time to like, be an airplane mechanic and also be a rifleman because they're two separate and you have to dedicate your life to one or the other, right? <laughs> right? To be yeah, good yeah. at one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Did you did you go on tours as a Marine? Or I went to only? Afghanistan with them the in '04. That was my first deployment, and it was so boring. It was in Bagram, Afghanistan, and I was a ground support electrician, uh, which means I didn't even work on the airplanes. I worked yeah. on the ground support equipment that supports the aircraft, yeah, right? Every once in a while, I got to ride in them and stuff, and, but I didn't work on the actual birds themselves. So yeah. that even 
sucked even more, right? Because that's you true. Know, you're it, seeing it. Yeah. Where you can't, yeah. You can't like I'm over here the wrenches, and like the guys that are working airframes are getting all the glory. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I started that piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I, so I would, I would see guys like get all kitted up and ready to roll out the front gate, doing whatever they're doing. I'm like, man, that's yeah. what I wanted to. That's that's why I wanted yeah. to join. But and you basically went to um, Paris Island. And then 9 11 happened. Yeah. Like I'm talking about. Oh, dang. Right? Yeah. So I joined, I checked yeah, in. I never thought about that. Yeah. I, I, so, and that was another reason why I didn't choose to be like a, an infantry guy or anything yeah. like that because there wasn't anything going on at yeah. the time. It's like, well, what yeah, am I going to do? Hang out in the woods? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, that sounds boring. At the time, I thought. Yeah. Turns out. So it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> but um, yeah. So. I joined, I check into Paris Island July, I think, 11th, right, of 2001. And it's a three month long boot camp. I'm supposed to graduate October 12th. Yeah. Whoa. So September 11th happens. Wow. I had just, I had just qualified the week prior, and so I was in team week. So during boot camp, if, like, everybody has to qualify with a rifle, otherwise you're not a Marine because every Marine's a rifleman, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't actually work after yeah. boot camp. But, so, I just qualified. Next week was team week. So, I'm, I had already qualified. I qualified expert. It was like one of six dudes in the platoon that qualified expert. And, like, so everybody else, there's quite a few dudes that failed. And so, they had to, they have to go out, back out to the range, and that's where team week comes in. So, all the guys that passed, they, like, work out. They, like, I worked in the chow hall for a week, like cleaning. You were and, doing nothing. Yeah. No, I was definitely <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely doing stuff. And <laughs> I actually ate a bunch of us, so don't judge too bad. But that was the first and only time I've eaten breakfast out of a trash can. Okay. We were a bunch of recruits. We're all starving. Well, for some of our yeah. less fortunate brothers. We're all, we're all starving as recruits, and we get this opportunity. There's nobody around us, and we're yeah. like wheeling out like these fresh eggs and stuff that we just dumped out. They're yeah, still yeah. steaming out. <laughs> this is, it's, a, it's a fresh trash bag, right? It's, a, it's fresh. So they're like, why not? We're all like handfuls, just <laughs> so full. And man, it was so great. No one caught us. That was like the only thing I got away with in boot camp. But I got a story that's a little bit tangential. But hang on. Okay. We're going. This is where September yeah. 11th happens. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, so. But hold that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 9 11 happens. We've got a couple. So we, yeah, we've got a couple recruits that are from that area. So they bring us all in. This is the first time they bring a TV in. Kind of like yeah, they show us like the news or whatever, like a yeah. recorded version of it. And yeah. then any recruit that was like within the area, they got to call their families yeah. to make sure that they were okay. And then after that, it was like the rumors started. We're going straight to war. Like, yeah, no, right. you're not. You still have to like go to yeah, out. your school first after basic <laughs> training. This isn't Vietnam. They're not going to like, <laughs> ship you, you know, yeah. load us up from boot camp and ship us straight to the straight to the jungle yeah, yeah. in that era anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that happens, I like, end up, you know, doing my job and doing the electrician thing, deploying Afghanistan, kind of for like we and said. And you got, that's when you got No, was that it? No, that wasn't that one. It was my second deployment, but that was 
No, actually, oh, yeah, my, my third deployment. That, my third deployment, that's when, what you're talking about. That okay, was, so I was a sniper team leader then. Armed. Let's get to that. So, okay, you go in, Marine, 9-11 happens, you deploy, you know, not really action. At what point did you know that you wanted to be Special Forces? Well, uh, that's what I switched over for. Whenever, whenever I went to Afghanistan for that first time and, like, realized, like, hey, there's actually, like, shit to be done, like, outside the wire that I would much rather be doing than this. Yeah. Like I hated being inside. Like yeah. I felt like I had no part in the war. Yeah. Like, and yeah. The, yeah. And so it's like as soon, I mean, I, I, I got back from Afghanistan in October of 04. And then October of 05, I was an infantryman in the Army. Mm. And with a Special Forces contract, knee injury in airborne school sent me to Fort Hood, which is there's no airborne or it's no yeah. special forces or anything. Just a regular, just a, a lot of tanks. It's a armored unit. I never once rode in a tank. I didn't even. The infantry has these other vehicles, a Bradley. I never even rode in one of those, despite being in like the biggest armored yeah. like division there is. Selected for well, no. I when I went there, I was selected for to be a. Gunner for this colonel's PSD. Oh, I remember yeah, that. That was my second. I opinion. remember so that, that was Baghdad, and that was a that was a fifteen month deployment. We got extended for that one. Yeah. What a trippy time because we're at home, and you're in Iraq. Yeah. And then you're sending us pictures of you, you know, peeing in a gold toilet in Saddam's yeah. palace. All like yeah, being <laughs> a tourist over there basically. <laughs> There was, like all the pictures of all the palaces with like, you know, craters from rockets that we dropped on it and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, trippy time. And we'd be, well, no, this is when you go to the next appointment. Okay, so all the stuff that you wanted ever since you got that little haircut. Yeah. Um, you're getting ready to go and experience it because you saw now it's time to start. It got real. Yeah. When, let me ask you this first. When did you find out that you had a real knack? Because you're, you're a, um, an expert marksman sniper. I mean, trained sniper. Did you always have that, or just it just kind of? First, I mean, <clears throat> first time I shot a rifle was in boot camp. I mean, I didn't, but I, I, I absorbed like I was a sponge. I loved it. Well, that's what so. I was gonna say. Is like Justin's one of those people that like anything that he gets like true, true. hooked on, like I, you're just gonna learn. It. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean. It sucks like, to <laughs> suck, right? Like everybody says exactly. that, but like, and and I hate sucking at something. Me so. Too. Yeah, it was just, I was a sponge with it. Like, it's a whole, it's a whole lead up how they teach you how to shoot a rifle in the Marine Corps. I don't, I don't really know how. Like, even though I had to like do a little bit of like Army boot camp whenever I switched over, it's it was nowhere near the same in the in the way that they teach how to fire a rifle. Like the way that the Marine Corps teaches you from the get go is a lot like how you would teach a sniper to do it. You know, it's like you're marking your shots. You're Correcting for windage. Yeah. You're not just, oh, well, exactly. you're not just curvature of the, of the yeah. earth well, kind of stuff. They, yeah, that's a, that's a little advanced, but they don't teach that in basic training. But everything else for how to adjust from your prior shot and everything like that is how they teach basic Marines how to shoot yeah. a rifle. The Army, they're like, it's that way. Yeah, this it's is fire. Way. fire it's yeah, it's, that it's, way. It's, it's, here's fire, and it's that way. You know? <laughs> I'll tell you the thing about that you crack me up is the difference in. Remember the dude that is out there trying to figure out where to go, looking oh, at yeah. satellites. So <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, I guess we don't want trash. There's <laughs> not anybody specific. It's just most of your brand new lieutenants that didn't actually go to like a. Right. A lot of them are like ROTC cadets that yeah. never like went right, to like right. a basic training process. Which, mad respect. Yeah, respect. Yeah, I mean they've got their spot, but yeah. it's it's yeah it's 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 pretty funny when you've got a brand new LT. Get out there. He's like. What is a map? <laughs> what is a map? He started looking at the Got sun. It. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> tapping the, the compass. Star. Yeah, they're not even holding it right, you know. Now, as far as I, the cool thing about your temperament, one is whatever you choose to do, you master. I don't care if it's golf or whether it's video, you know, becoming a videographer or whatever the heck you That's are doing. That's what I really knew. Is after like two months of you just deciding, I would like to kind of learn film. And it's just He's like, like, well, the color grades on um, Adobe are way different than DaVinci. That's why I like DaVinci. It's got more hex codes. Yeah, like, oh, he's been at it 10 days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like, I become a data geek on stuff. But you also have this temperament where you are calm when everybody else is freaking out. Yeah, that's the ADHD part of the like, of what I deal with. Talk about that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, I read a book. Well, I didn't finish it because of ADHD. But I did, I attempted to. I started a book. I started a book <laughs> on ADHD. And in, and in the intro, here's what I learned. Yeah, yeah, during the intro and maybe the first chapter, I learned this. Couldn't tell you afterwards. But no, it talked about how like the ADHD brain or the ADD brain, whatever you want to call it, is a special kind of adaptable brain to where it's like the average person who doesn't have it operates constantly on a 30%, like no matter what's going on, they're like at a 30% capacity. Mm -hmm. ADD people, it's like 10% or 100, okay. right? It's like, and so that like, like. That's me, all or nothing. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. Not no, don't have it. Yeah, and so went when the fight or flight kicks in for me and that ADHD brain kicks in, it's like hyper focus and it's like a, it's like a, it, it, it sounds cheesy and stupid, but it is almost like a time slowdown kind of where it's a hyper focus. It's pretty because interesting. Because you've been in the fastest, most intense, there's no other situation no, on the earth. a firefight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's pure bullets well, are coming at you. And, yeah. And the first, and the first, <clears throat> The first quite a few of those, you know, you're scared shitless and you're just kind of like, oh, God, I hope what I'm, I'm doing is the right thing, you know. Right. But, like, if you're in enough of them, it's crazy. You, you, you're, I remember, like, my last deployment, it was just so kinetic and so violent. And I, by that time, I was 42 months deployed, yeah. you know. And it was like, I'd been shot at and blown up already a few times and, like, yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, uh, hey, we're taking contact. Yep, yeah, it's over go. there. Was, <laughs> we'll, we'll react to it, you know. We'll send this team. But, yeah. But just, at first, you're like, one round, you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we're taking contact, contact. Like, like the rest of all the yeah. normal people would do. Because, yeah, it's, you know, you get that firefight, but then you, you work through it, and you end up becoming fairly comfortable in the firefight, which is pretty so the advantageous. Line, did that happen maybe third tour when you'd seen so much action before when you actually let no, it? Well, so, third tour was the first, like, real action, right? It's kind of sore. I mean, still, like, nothing, like, operationally speaking, yes. Like, I didn't take a whole lot of contact during my third deployment. Okay. Like, as, as a sniper team leader, like, what, I, I just really didn't take... We, we did a lot of dismounted patrols, a lot of mounted yeah. patrols with vehicles and everything. We got attached to this 
mortar platoon who was acting as a regular infantry platoon. So they weren't, they weren't sending mortars, they were walking around towns. And so we got attached to them as their asset. And so we, did, we just didn't take a whole lot of contact. But what the cool thing about that deployment was we got to do, we were the QRF for all of the special operations in our in, in quick reaction force. So, okay. so <laughs> like, and they all, they do all their stuff at night. And so like if, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Like all their stuff is all right. Like, all right, let's go. Ooh, yeah. That's terrifying. And I mean, it's, it is best because like we started doing, all right. So third deployment, we were doing a lot of stuff at night, mostly just walk around. We did a lot of raids, a lot. I mean, I, and I, my, my, or like one of the squad leaders for the, uh, for the mortar platoon, he was, he learned how to pick locks. And so we didn't even have to like kick in doors if we were doing night stuff. He was terrible. picking locks. And, then, and we're talking about Taliban. Silent. Am I correct? Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda. This, this is Iraq, so this is Al Qaeda. Okay. So instead of like kicking a door and alarming everybody, we'd yeah. pick the locks. But it's not like movie style. We're not like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just walking yeah. around. You're not that way. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not. Like once we're in, we're like, okay, hey. Yeah. Like, but also, it's, I could go a million different directions okay. with yeah. all these different stories. But, no, I got it. Um, but we ended up doing a lot of like night stuff, night raids and everything like that. We just never took um, a bunch yeah. of contact, yeah. right? And we would find a bunch of caches, like, you know, yeah, where there's like weapons and ammunition, yeah. tons of cell phones, ID, making materials, yeah. wire, whatever it is. Wow. We'd find that stuff. And then doing the QRF, the quick reaction force for the, all the special operations that was in the area was really cool because you get to see firsthand so I was a sniper team leader at the time. I was like the one that was, I would be in direct contact with those dudes and like, hey, where, yeah. what do you need from us? You know, and they'd be like, hey, we need you guys over here and over here. Yeah. And then ultimately we'll just need you guys to help bring whatever detainees we can't fit in our, so we just help bring detainees back and like, yeah. So you, um, there's a, uh, well, a couple of movies. Um, the lone survivor story there most people know he gets to the village and you know they take him in as part of their custom but there we good mike we all good mike <laughs> you, you're good. come on over he was so cautious about putting those headphones out of the destruction <laughs> that was uh, yeah i bet you're glad that we brought attention to it yeah uh, keep going <laughs> so um but but they you know you have to work with the what would the tribal elder leader or whatever and so you're interfacing In and you have an interpreter mm -hmm. and so the latest movie out on covenant. that is covenant with jake so gyllenhaal good. yeah i haven't seen that but you I think you would really like but because you had really relationships like with interpreters and <laughs> even one that grew very close to trying to get his family back whatever yeah. but tell that's talk that, about that that's that movie it is the covenant yeah. man and you yeah. lived it so z <laughs> My, all right, my fourth deployment was to Afghanistan, southern Afghanistan, so Kandahar, Afghanistan, in 2011. One of the deadliest years of, like, the war on terror in, yeah. in Afghanistan. We, like, as an infantryman, like, it was the deployment you wanted, because, like, we were shooting everything that we had all of the time. I mean, it was like... So wild. Like we'd say contact, oh, we'll send rockets. I mean, we, I mean, we had everything at our disposal, and like as an infantryman, that's nice to have because yeah. in Iraq, at my during my third deployment, 
we had already reached a point that was 2009 and so there was operate that was like almost operation new dawn where they were changing it to from operation iraqi freedom and so you just couldn't do anything as an american unit Got anymore it. really you had to have a partnered unit like the local like either iraqi army or iraqi yeah. police to go and do anything and they never would and yeah. so they just weren't doing much yeah, and, and until it was like QRF time, and like, okay, well, let's spin up and go and help these dudes out. But, so, fast forward to fourth deployment in Afghanistan, it's a totally different ball game, you know, at that time. It's still very deadly. It's still very, you know, it just, we're still popping up new outposts that are very remote yeah. and very, like Iraq, it was crazy. Like, the posts that you would live on are like, huge i mean they're like cities and you yeah. could go to like the store it's like a sears almost yeah, i mean it's nuts <laughs> i mean you'd watch you'd watch we would visit these like big you know they're called forward operating but the big fobs we'd visit visit these big bases and you'd see people walking back from the px the, the store there like with big screen tvs i'm like <laughs> where are you taking that to <laughs> like your tent <laughs> like you're gonna plug that in <laughs> get a little generator yeah. watch espn yeah it's like what gas powered like, but whatever really you know on those little outposts you can't you don't have a store you don't have any of that stuff but yeah now, um, now who was the uh the interpreter named z yeah z color yeah so that deployment we had uh we had a couple of interpreters, but Z was our youngest. He was 19. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he was 19. So he was from he, he was from Afghanistan, but he wasn't from like the like our area. Gotcha. But he knew the language well and he knew English really well. Um, he was just a ballsy kid. He hung out with like our lower enlisted kids because they were like the same age. Mm. He uh, <laughs> we caught him smoking weed. <laughs> we caught. We caught but he was just a he was just a good kid, you know what I mean? Like he truly wanted like better for like the Afghani people. Yeah. It was like and he wanted better for his family to yeah. come on over. Was I, it the same situation? That's what like, I was about to ask. Offer, like a visa for so him to help you? They he he had already been <clears throat> so when when our unit was leaving, our commander, our battalion commander had put in you know, his started the paperwork, gotcha. but it just takes so long sometimes. And Which was like what? Yeah. yeah, it just takes so long sometimes. And so he ultimately did get his visa and came over to the States and worked as an interpreter at a higher level um, and would and still went and deployed and everything like that. But then the fall of the, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but this kid Z, when, when we were partnering like anytime we would go on a dismounted patrol in Afghanistan, we'd have to have a partner, our local ANA force. Well, we didn't have to, but it was advised. A lot of times we didn't, just Which because. Is the Afghan army. Yeah, the Afghan National Army, or they have another, and cops, which I forget what they're called. If they're not. It's not the police. They're like a volunteer kind of force that like has random outposts and. <laughs> yeah, we had to like we had to train them and. Yeah. All that stuff. And they, a lot of times they were more of a nuisance than anything. Like we, one guy got shot in the back, like for just, and he's like hobbling over to our outpost. I'm like, dude, stop running. Yeah, stop. You're going to die. And so we had to stop what we're doing to go and get him and then bring him back. New needle chest decompression because he had a collapsed lung. That was intense to watch. That was pretty cool. 
You train about it, but it's like seeing it happen <laughs> and watching Doc like, pssst, and then you hear the hiss of the lung. Oh, you're like, that's so weird. Dude, that's nuts. That's, so that's nuts. And you watch the chest like level out. It's pretty crazy. See, this is stuff. And get back out there. Don't get shot in the back again. Put a little dirt on it. Rub a little dirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, after it was done, it was just like that. It was like, okay, you're good. See ya. Get out. Did he, did Z get his family? I mean, it seems Z at one time you were involved in trying to, to help find him, like yeah, from the so States or something. Z had got his visa, but his family had not gotten their visa. And like, I, I cared so, like Z was a freaking badass. Like when I, a lot of these ANA guys, the Afghan National Army dudes, like we'd get in contact and a lot of them, that's the only job they, they didn't want to do the A&A job. They yeah. like, it's the best paying job in town. So they're going to try, yeah. but you're either a warrior or not. And a lot of them dudes are not, yeah. you know, despite their best intentions, right. like yeah. shit hits the fan and they start yeah, dropping scary. rifles and taking yeah. cover and like risking everything, you know, not just their lives, but like uh, people around. Oh, yeah. Know? And so. You just don't have the training, you know, even no matter how much we train them how to patrol and stuff like that, you just can't train that part of somebody, you know, it's either in you or not, you know, you're going to fight or you're going to flight, right? <laughs> you don't know until you get there. Right, and, right, exactly. You but could be Z, the toughest dude in basic training. Z, he'd pick up their rifles and fire back when interpreters are not supposed not to be supposed doing to that. Do that. But he would, man, he would fight, he would right. fight. You right. have to watch the covenant, yeah. it's your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally your. And I always like when well, watching Justin. those movies, and then I'll call Justin up. How real is it? Yeah. And and there's a couple you said that one's real, but there's most of them you're like, not yeah. even. Yeah. Like when I see a prison oh. show, I'm like. I thought oh, it was funny, like, because I mean, when I was younger, we would watch like a movie together, and it would be you know war based. Yeah. And they would you know kick down a door and enter a house, and Justin would be like, that's not how you clear a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He left first, and he knew, like, he didn't get his corners, he said. <laughs> but, but his family. Yeah, so his family. So fall, fast forward to the fall of Afghanistan, and that was... That was crazy because we we had I mean so that they're chasing like, the planes and trying yes, to get that. And I was like way. watching. What year was that? That was pretty was, recent. Right? The, uh, that was seven two or three years ago. This okay. this past August. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, and so, uh, like we had, I just, you know, being an infantry guy, a lot of your friends end up going to be Green Berets and other kind of things, things. Yeah. and so you have all these little networks. Yeah. As long as you stay in contact with your buddies, you have this like awesome network around yeah. the globe, you yeah. know. And so when that happened, I just started reaching out like, hey, what can we do? Like I got a buddy's family is like can't get out. Like they've already got the paperwork, but they can't get to the airport. They right. can't like yeah. and if they do get to the airport, the yeah, freaking ID just went do. off yeah. and like they just killed a bunch of people. Yeah. So now they're and I was like, so I had I it was fortunate I had a couple buddies that had guys that were over there at that airport that were like running, trying to run like liaison yeah. operations and just trying to yeah. work, like run through the different gates and try to get people. So I, I was working, it was crazy working like real time intelligence, essentially real time intelligence yeah. between here and Afghanistan and back to Z trying to yeah. get him. Mm -hmm. And then because I was doing this, one of my buddies reached out and said, hey, I've got an interpreter <laughs> to, can you help him? And so yeah. ended up trying to help that dude's family. 
Like his family didn't make it out. <laughs> Z's family did. Good. Yeah. So Z's family made it out. He had a little girl. Uh, and then since has had a little boy. Did but you ever, Z visited me I was at say. The old, at when we lived up in Kennesaw. Z came and uh, he's like, hey man, I'm going to be in Atlanta for a little bit. See how cool is it's It really is the movie. So the perfect transition because you said your guys. I want you to kind of, I don't know, somehow talk about the, the unity of a, your a crew that has been through hell. And I've, some people said, man, what were we fighting for? For each other, for one thing, yeah. but then you know the support network that you've tried to maintain to help your brothers because we know you know the stats about um, you know uh, veterans dying by suicide. Yeah, and um, but I always I loved that when you guys would travel up to Indiana to the, the Wisconsin, yeah. Wisconsin yeah. Yeah. of the father of one of the guys you lost mm -hmm. and just party like rock stars and shoot a thousand million rounds, yeah. you know, and just blow stuff <laughs> up and yeah. But anyway, talk about that camaraderie because I don't think people probably understand. It's so like uh, a lot of people that like most people that serve in the military have some sort of like bond and you know. When you get out and you start learning different terms and things, it's we, now it's pretty. We pretty much trauma bonded. We all have like, okay. you know, yeah. we, you know. Yeah, I think that's that, the right term. Yeah, that's trauma bonded. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's it's Stockholm syndrome and all that kind of things. You know, yeah. it's essentially that you know you go through. Any time a group of people go through some shit together, yeah. you know, they're gonna plane come crash. Out, yeah, they're whatever. gonna come out like connected. Yeah. You know, they have this thing, and so. A lot of people that have served in the military, they, they have a bond with a lot of their, with their crew. But like it, if you've gone through like some no bullshit combat with a group of dudes who are tight, that's like, it's a different, it's, it's a different, like, it's just. Yeah, because it's life or death. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like it, it's a pretty tight bond for sure. And it's like, no matter how much time goes by, I, like I've, I've like admittedly, I've fallen off of checking on my dudes a lot recently just because of my own shit but um it doesn't matter like how much time you, that goes by like you yeah. pick it up and it's like hey you know what's going on you know yeah. right there with you yeah and it somehow always ends up turning into freaking war stories you know? I love that's what like, I was about to say. it has to one of my favorite memories with you is when we were in pcb oh chris and i think yeah you guys had already chris left Gordon. yeah 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 mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken i think it was just us Anyways, you guys were gone, and uh, Chris came over on his, like, dope Kawasaki. Yeah, it's a Buell. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah we weren't there. It was, everybody was asleep, and it was just me, Justin, and Chris on the patio. And I'm listening to them tell war stories, which we don't have to go into the war stories. Yeah. Because they're absolutely, yeah. it's the craziest things I've ever heard. That's sacred, like, sacred stuff. You know. Remember when Sergeant blah, 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 you know, his leg flew like 30 feet and hit that building? You know, I'm just sitting there like, oh. <laughs> like y'all are so casual about that. What? Yeah, it, it's, it's a different, it's, it's like a, it's a culture, you know, essentially, you know, and then whatever you have to, like the way that you, it, you're like, you mentioned we're so casual. Like you kind of have to be because yeah. if you like, if you dig into it too much, it'll mess you up. Like I loved what I did. I absolutely loved what I did. But like I, I had no idea of like the repercussions or like the of like the mental side of what it would do. Yeah. Like 
after transition or whatever it is like you know insomnia and yeah. just the traumatic PTSD. brain injury PTSD, yeah anxiety depression like it manifests itself in so many bullshit ways that it's when just, you get here yeah correct yeah like you're when locked you're in, in over there it's post-traumatic <clears throat> stress like it's after right so like when you're in it you're like you don't even realize you're doing it to yourself because you're in it and you're in it you know you still get the you're present. And, You're more right. present yeah. than anybody on the planet in that moment, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have, sure. to you have to And I do want to, like, just speak on this for a second. I don't want to invalidate anyone's experience here. So I'm not doing that. But I feel like it's annoying with this culture of victimizing everything and adding labels to stuff. I know a lot of people personally on my social media that will post, like, my PTSD is like ruining my day, you know, can't go to the grocery store today. Thanks, PTSD. And I'm like, you can't use that word. Yeah. Because when you talk about stats, what is it, 22 a day? Is it oh, yeah. Higher? I don't know what it is I mean, now. that's what we think. 22, you know, 22. But I mean, it was at least a couple years ago, it was 22. Yeah, that was the number that was floating around. Yeah. Like, that we know of. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so... <laughs> I hate hearing that word in a context of not being in a firefight yeah. or watching your friend, someone close to you, die in combat or exploding, uh, driving over an IED. You know, these are insane things that your brain experienced. Like the most stress, yeah. the most Probably fight on, or flight. Yeah. yeah. And like, there's real... There's real PTSD. You understand yeah. the real. Well, I think there's, I think, to, to be honest, I think there should be, especially, like, we know so much now because we've been at, well, now technically it's over, but, we, you know, this global war on terror thing, 20, 20 something years, you know? Yeah. There's like, we know so much now and have been, there's so many cases of guys going through firefights and then coming out and then, like, how, how did they react to that? There's so much data now that, that, man, I forgot where I was going with it. No, that's okay. 22 a day, PTSD. Uh, oh, I was saying, I, I, I feel like there should totally be a, a separation with the terms PTSD. Like, Completely. that makes sense. It's, it's like, like a spectrum. it's like bi bipolar one, bipolar two. Well, it's like, okay, so. <laughs> You're going to the grocery store, insane car crash. A lot of times that'll give somebody PTSD. Of course. Legit. Rape, PTSD, of course. Those are those are victims. Like that the person that's that's something happened to that person that yeah. they are a victim of that. Mm. Like I loved being an infantryman. Yeah. Like when the uh, shit like when it when it popped off, like yeah. we're like headed towards like we we're headed I'm headed towards the popping off, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's happening to yeah. me. No, like it's, it, it's go job. time, guys. Yeah. Let's do this, right? Yeah. And like it's a, like you said, it's a choice. You know, yeah. like every single time. And so I think it should be a separation. There should be combat PTSD, and then there yeah, should be. I think that's which doesn't so, invalidate, but and that's important for us that you you said it, which you should have. And that's a good way to go, but. PTSD is a very, very real thing, and you're right. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get there. It could be someone. You Our know, neighbor. Somebody, this happened last month. She was, not, luckily none of her kids were in the car, but she was running through the intersection. She, didn't, she did her job. Somebody ran a stop sign, 
flipped her van over. So now she's like having to, now she's got a service dog. Now she's got. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, now she's getting, yeah, she won't. It's hard for her husband to get her to go to the appointments now because she doesn't want to get in the car. That's legit, real PTSD. Very legit. Yeah. Like, if, if you tell me right now that there's shit popping off in the parking lot, I'm probably going to go handle it. Yeah. Again, we'll knowing. Finish, we'll finish the podcast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm probably going to address that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to run from it. I'm probably going to at least see what's happening because yeah. somebody's probably need some in some sort of help. Well, if you are like whenever we would go out to, to uh, let's say a movie or a restaurant or a church service, you're going to typically choose where you're positioned in the place, not to take care of yourself, but to take care of an incident if it if it happens. So you, it's almost it's not almost like you're prepared and trained to be the guy that handles the situation if it if it comes up. I've gotten away from a lot of that, which is. It's kind of progress. It's, yeah, it's pro- it is progress because you know now I, now I don't have to like that was very brief like having to sit like yeah. at a wall and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That was very brief. I don't really care where in a restaurant like if shit's gonna pop off, I'm gonna be there. It's, yeah, like it, it's not like you can't turn around. Right, exactly. Oh, it's it's behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't turn. I can't turn around. Tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, exactly. But I do out. remember this when you came back. Uh, one specific memory is because you were in the middle of it. You're coming back for you know, and so, or maybe you had finally gotten back and gotten out because of your boy. Your first son was born, and you just couldn't do what you love doing anymore because there was a higher calling for you to raise yeah. that little boy. And uh, but we're at a um, pool party, and we're just chilling. It's a pool party, but it's at an apartment complex. And there's somebody up on their deck. That's yeah. a, and, and you just kind of got, you know, just kind of not obsessed with it, but you kept your eye on that dude yeah. all the time. And tell me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert in this living with this, which is an, a forever thing, is your brain has normalized something that's not normal for the rest of us, yeah. which is being in firefights all the time. So your brain has literally gotten wired for that. And then all of a sudden you bring that brain and put it in a very, you know, what we'd call fem- safe environment yeah and your brain's still on alert and that's a lot of PTSD would you agree yeah you know I mean it's got to be something like habits I don't sure. you know I don't sure just like awareness on a different yeah level. like you know but de- definitely like that has significantly like I don't do that anymore no you know I know I, mean? I know you've come so far yeah but I mean like I have a lot of friends that have served and they're all the type type that like if we're going out somewhere mm-hmm. in public, like they're not drinking that night because they're aware yeah. of the situation. I got yeah. responsibility. You know, they're not taking shots in the club. They're the ones like you said. They're in the corner, which know, sucks like, for watching. them. Like, that's which no sucks for that. them. Yeah, there's but, no like, reason for that it. Is, you know, it's the brain it's just being kind of yeah. programmed. Mm-hmm. But again, a great segue. Um, you said I don't do that anymore, or I'm what, and I said that's progress. The reason why is because of the, you know, however many years you got on eleven. So are we are we yeah. talking about twenty eleven? I, I got you busted your ass to to change. You've never stopped growing and being proactive. It's been it's been it, yeah. It's just it just hasn't faded away. It's definitely been like I've taken I've been on so many different VA meds and so like so in and out so many different times to try this, to try that and hypnosis, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I actually just registered for uh, something that's been in the news a lot lately. Mm -hmm. I don't I haven't heard anything back yet, but yeah. um, assisted uh, psycho assisted uh, mm. psilocybin yeah. and yeah, Ayahuasca. they're doing incredible so, things with that. Yep, yeah, yep, so yep. Hero heroic heart project is what I registered for. So I'm waiting to hear back. Good, from but um, As yeah. So and because they're saying with that kind of stuff, they're seeing like. 80% of people are saying that their symptoms are done, yeah. like gone, yeah. like they're healed, yeah. like a wow. new person. Like, wow. that, like, cause I, like the person that I was before all of like the people, so I, my last deployment, my last combat deployment was in 2011, but it doesn't shut up. Like I can't get it out of my head. It's, it's like there, there will be a some point during every day where I will think about you know, some aspect of combat. And that's, that's been over a thousand days of just nonstop, like, it won't, and it won't shut up. And yeah. So it becomes this, like, cyclical yeah. thing that you have to deal with, you know? And, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, it's like how you guys are you know, with your with your bipolar. It's a very similar in a lot of ways. Where We said in the last episode that we dropped on Monday, Cole and I were talking about that very thing, the bipolar experience. And... We, we said, we don't have the luxury of coasting in life. Yeah. Just whatever. We don't. And that's made us better people because yeah. we're, 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 we're hooked on growing. And I've witnessed that with you. I yeah. mean, the, it took how many years for you to get the government to fully take care of you? Uh -huh. How long did that take? And shout out to the you know, VA for, for taking care of you because you earned it. Um, but it, was a, it, it was, took a minute, right? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't really push for anything either. I mean, that was, that was, that was really you guys pushing me to go. That's true. You know, because I was being stubborn. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't need anything. I'm fine. You know, yeah. nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> Which is the first step. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, dial. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> with mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just it, it was mostly just the support pro. You know, support yeah. system. Sure. You know? Yeah. I will say like. When I was going through the insomnia, you know, mania. Months. Yeah. Months. Which was really hard in a sense that, like, I couldn't talk about it with people who had never experienced it. Because yeah. they don't understand. And most of the doctors I was talking to was like, literally, eat, have you tried eating a banana or, like, yeah. drinking tea before yeah. bed? Doc, I'm dying. Mm -hmm. And you clearly sleep well every night, you idiot. Can you give me someone that knows what I'm going through? Because this is insane. Yeah. It's Even like my sleep therapist was like, did you sleep last night? No. Because you're not helping me. You Like, this is crazy. I'm paying you money. Help me. It's like in Fight Club when he goes and he's like, yeah, just chew some valerian root. <laughs> chew valerian root? Yeah. Right on it. Knocked me right out. Best sleep I yeah. ever had. I will, Cured my insomnia. <laughs> I will say that, like, Justin was one of the only people that was able to reach out to me and be like, That is true. Yo, I deal with insomnia. That this is true. This is what helps yeah. me. This is what works for me. You know, not sure if it's going to be the same for you, but yeah. here's some routes. Here's some options. Yeah. And, you know, that was huge just on a, on a level where I'm like, okay, it's not, I'm not the only person ever 
dealt with this. Right. It no, feels that way when it's that. like you're staring at your ceiling at two in the morning. Like, Literally. Why yeah. am I not even tired? I'm wired. <laughs> yeah, I could run. I can run yeah. right now. That's why I would run. What else am I going to fucking lay in bed yeah, for yeah. eight hours? No, yeah. I'm going to at least be productive. Get up and run. Just, you know, like. Just hope you go to sleep. <laughs> so it has been. Um, well, let's do. I'll ask one question, and then we'll kind of wrap it up on way. But um, the the VA offered, you know, a type of a program to to help, you know, with guys that are that are growing through this and dealing with this. And um, we saw a measurable difference in the months that came. Was there one technique or one epiphany or something that helped from that? So that was Emory. It wasn't the. It was. It wasn't, they actually have nothing to do with the VA. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's Emory, it's a free program to veterans. It, okay. It, um, I think they have one, I think Boston, and then another one here. But it's like a two-week intensive, like I spent like 80 hours in therapy. Like, yeah. A whole just, two weeks in a hotel, right? Something yeah, two, like that? two yeah. weeks in a hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, Just every day. Yeah, every day I wake up, I it would... It would be yoga every day, and then it would be just in and out of group therapy or individual wow. therapy wow. and, like, all of these different. And they would, they actually listen, like, okay, what ha, what kind of therapies have you done in the past? Yeah. Have they worked? We're going to try this. You know, what medications? Okay, we'll try this and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so, but in, I guess there, I, I learned how to, uh, like, meditate, I guess. But all, but during meditation, learn how to, um, like I, I guess PTSD. What it does to a lot of people is just tears your like whole like ego, like all like who you think of yourself and everything. Like, mm. like I like the majority of the time, I feel like I'm just a shell of, of myself. Okay, you know, and so. <clears throat> lost where I would go. No, it's okay. The, they med meditate, you're in there. Yeah, and... so, yeah, it really just the meditation and, and positive self-talk, like, and, like, yeah. giving my, like, not being so hard on myself and... Yeah, CB, C like, like CBT. It was. It was, it was yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It exactly what it was. Just, yeah. you know, be aware of, hey, these, yeah. just pay more attention of your body and then react to what your body's trying to tell you. That's so important. I mean, I experienced it literally two days ago um we talked about like the anxiety that comes with like the valley yeah yeah right um and i'm riding in my car on the way to jujitsu and i'm starting to think about some choices that i made like in the last couple weeks and like seeing them as mistakes like wait did i screw up oh my god not again you're an idiot right like already mm -hmm. the chatter that's it dumb failure you always do this fuck up you know, like I'm hearing it. Yeah. And then I was in my car and I'm like, this is not me. Yeah. You You're got involved good. in the conversation. Yeah. Every time it works out, shut up. You're fine. Everything's good. And all it took was that like mm. awareness. Oh, this is my lizard brain that tries to kill me for whatever reason. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why is it trying? I thought we were trying to survive, but you yeah. Know. Now, there's been a couple times along the way where having you with me probably <laughs> kept me out of trouble. One springs to mind. So um, <laughs> now imagine this. This is er early in a relationship. You know, you're 23. I'm 41. Okay. 
and uh, and we get really cool. And then we get in this thing where we want to go play golf all the time because mm -hmm. you always dug golf. Yeah. Hole in one on a par four. Shout yeah. out. Um, I mean, yeah. for real, not me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we would um, we'd have a lot of fun. So on a Sunday we would go with uh, me. And then your mom and you, and we would uh, have a blast and drink lots of beverages. Mm -hmm. Again, this before my, you know, sobriety <laughs> day, and just have a blast. And so by the time we got around the turn and come down the home stretch, we were, yeah. you know, yeah. good to go. And so, hard to see the, to the shaft on the driver. <laughs> so if anybody, if anybody has ever seen the movie Sideways, which is oh. a great little yeah. film, you know, there's a part where they're on the golf course and guys are hitting into them. So. These dudes behind us were obviously better than we were, and they kept hitting into us. And, and we'd hear the plop, yeah. plop, plop, and we'd look around, and it's just like, uh. but, it, but it wasn't close enough to where everything had to be done. But as we're coming down the home stretch, there's a, a dog leg left, par five or something, and so you hit all the way, and then you're on top of the hill, there's a little stream, and then there's a, a green. We're putting on the green, and all of a sudden, bam, this guy hits. And it hits on the green, drops on yeah. the green. And it was just the last straw. So I decided I wanted to do a sideways thing. I was pissed. And so I start throwing balls down and hitting them up the thing. But I suck at golf. And so <laughs> I'm just shanking the hell out of it. And so imagine they're sitting up. They're good golfers. That's and there's so a dude funny. down at the bottom. And I'm just, the matter I get, the harder I swing and everything's going, going off to the side. <laughs> they probably find it comical. So finally I quit. And we put out, and then we're the the tee box for the next one is literally uh, just right not far at all. Yeah. And so they come running down the hill. So I grab my seven iron, and I start running. <laughs> I was like, "What's that dude's name? The the actor Church something? Uh, bunch of Church? He's hilarious." I didn't do as bad as him, like yeah. yelling and stuff. But I had my bar and my seven iron. I was walking there, like, "We're good, we're good, we're good." Yeah. And Justin's just sitting calmly in the cart, like, I'm gonna have to get in a fight. <laughs> I got with, with my mom's boyfriend, who used to be a preacher. <laughs> and so there's no real way to go with that. I just thought it was a good yeah, story. Yeah, that was, that was a funny time, though. That was a fun time. <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> any, um, I got a, a cool way that we can close this thing is any, any words of wisdom to listeners who either have a veteran or are a veteran? Um, of, of encouragement that you can give them. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come back and see us next <laughs> See ya. Good luck. Oh, um, I did my own work. You do yours. No, I'm just joking. It's <laughs> a lot of truth to that. No, I know. Put the, I mean, yeah, put the work in. You have to put the work in. Otherwise, it's going to, it will eat you alive. You'll become a statistic. Because that's what it does. It, you know, it may not be a disease, but it sure acts like a rotting yeah. fruit. Absolutely. You know, wow. if you just that's a way to put if it. If you don't, yeah, I mean. Well, it's what I mean. We always go back to it on every podcast. We so really like, do. It's if a theme. You're not growing, like you're, you're dying. Yeah, yeah. You just got to put the work in. Whatever, whatever that looks like. Yeah, it looks like that to, uh, differently to a lot of people. Some people, you know, I've seen success stories and heard success stories about people going off into the woods and doing ayahuasca under clinical, you know, yeah. uh, supervision and then coming back free. And I've heard about people having a lot of success at the VA. And then I've yeah. heard about people just, you know, getting a, into a CrossFit gym and then just punishing yeah. themselves into happiness. Yeah. You know, or a spiritual awakening yeah, for yeah. some people. Church, yeah. There's all kinds of different ways that you can. You just have to find something. You've got to try them. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Until you find if what you're works not for trying yeah. to Any, find something. Saying stuff, yeah, you can't give <laughs> up either. Uh, like the first speed bump that you see, you can't give up. No, you gotta keep it takes it. a lot. Yeah. And the brain changes. My brain's changing like in this new season. Yeah. As I'm starting to, as we yeah. say, climb the mountain, um, it manifests itself a little different. So it's like, all right, keep putting in work. Yeah. You know, so, well, I want to say in front of everybody that I'm, I'm super proud of you. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, this guy came for me, has my DNA, and I love him. And I feel like, you know, we share the same blood. Thanks. I mean, it's like that. I'm mm -hmm. proud of you as a father, as a son, as a friend. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I'm like more of a big brother, <laughs> you know, it seems like to you. And that's a compliment. Yeah. And um, keep doing your thing, man. And, yeah. uh, and I, I admire you. And I, I don't tell you, but I talk about you all the time. I do. I do. I, I, I talk hear about it's you. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I brag about you all the time. So uh, anyway. I do want to say congrats on, the, on Jacob. Oh, yeah. A very new kid that yeah. just came Y'all make good-looking babies. <laughs> he is a, a good-looking baby. He's he nice and chunky Good-looking baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what his eyes kind of look like they could go both ways now. Not like cross-eyed, but I mean like either brown or blue. <laughs> We're not sure. Well, you're yeah. a true American badass, yeah. and I'm proud to call you our son. And Thank so, you. Um, and, you know, same with you. I just Come back and see not us. American badass. No, we got... <laughs> take that one. Yeah. I'm true American. For my hero, man. <laughs> hero. So, uh, you know, hopefully this uh, resonates with you in some way. You probably know somebody that might need to, to see or listen to this. Mm -hmm. um, hit that subscribe button, you know, share this, comment, tell us some things that you got. And we're also gonna start taking ideas that you have about shows you'd like to see. Cause in our family, man, we can hit a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, shout out to your mom, yeah, love I of my say, life. Um, you know, ideas for sure, but questions. If you have topics that you wanna like learn about or talk about or you think would be entertaining, anything or if you want to be on the podcast like reach we're growing this yeah this so thing's like, going hit us up we there's nothing we're not going to listen to yeah i know or talk about we don't about. know what we're doing yet you we're can't push can't shock us we're talking about <laughs> mental health addiction have you ever been incarcerated you know i mean i i feel like i don't want to move anymore there's a whole lot of things we can do love y'all appreciate y'all power of peace podcast mondays one o'clock come back and see us see ya peace Change the side